Pastors Larry and Tiz Huck welcome you to another Larry Huck Ministries podcast. We pray this teaching will fill you with God's wisdom, anointing, and revelation knowledge. Thank you for your prayers and faithful support. Would you stand with me in the presence of the Lord? We want to pray here. We want to pray with all of you that are watching around the world. We, we thank God that you're with us. We thank God that you're with us. And we thank God he is with us. Because where two or three are gathered together in my name, there he is in the midst. Let's pray for our nation. Let's pray for our service. Let's pray for our state. And let's pray that God releases the blessing of God. Now, I want you to listen to me. Uh, On next week, we're going to continue about heaven. What will you and I be doing in heaven? Then the following, I believe it's the 21st, I'm going to teach on heaven. Will we know the ones we love in heaven? So if you know somebody that someone they love has passed over to the other side, and especially a child, I have a very, very special word of comfort and excitement about seeing our loved ones in heaven. God's got great things in store. Amen. Father, we come before your throne We thank you that we have the privilege living in a nation where we can worship God, where we can worship the name that's above all names, that we have freedom. Father, let there be an anointing on our nation and around the world, but on our nation especially, we're praying this morning that everyone realizes that the reason why America is such a great nation is because we are one nation under God, and that God is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And Father, you said whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Father, we bind the spirit of Satan that would try to steal religious freedom, try to change families, try to change the way we were born. Father, we declare that we were made husband and wife, male and female. Father, we declare that according to your plan, it is absolutely perfect on our family and we release the anointing. We loosen on this, that there will be a great awakening in America and around the world that the reason why we are fed, the reason why we are housed, the reason why we are clothed, the reason why we are blessed in every area is because it is you who releases that blessing on us. Father, we bind the enemy that tries to steal the blessing, the anointing of God from our world, and we loosen the presence and the anointing of Almighty God, and we give you praise and glory that we are more than conquerors in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people shouted amen. If you believe you're more than a conqueror, give him a great big clap offering. Amen. You may be seated. The Lord bless you. I want to ask you to open your Bibles up this morning. One of of the great scriptures in, in, in the Bible to Hebrews chapter 12. You know, one of the great commandments, the, the great commandment, that we have from the Lord is that we are to go into all the world and preach the gospel, right? That's, that's the great commission. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What does the word gospel mean? The good news. So wherever we go, We are to tell people the good news. Now, let me ask you a question. What is the good news? Well, if you were to, uh, I can remember when I was first saved and there was a big movement of all the churches getting together. I got saved in Flagstaff, Arizona, and there was a movement for all the churches together. And so they had, which was a great idea, they had classes on how to witness to people. And the main thing in the class was that we were to tell people that if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that you would make heaven your home forever. Now, I I want you to think, and, and that's true, that is the good news. But I want you to think about how does that sound to people? 
that you will live forever in heaven. I looked up the word eternity, and the word eternity means unending time or endless life after death. You know, we think about that endless life, endless life after death. We think about that song, and I think we talked about it last week, where it says, though you've been there 10,000 years, you've only just begun. I read a poll that said they pulled, it was actually in the UK, and they pulled everybody they could, and 36% of people believed in the afterlife. 48% of people didn't believe in the afterlife. 15% of people were not sure. But then they polled whether you believe in afterlife or you don't believe in afterlife. And this is what shocked me. They said, if there was an afterlife, would you want to live forever? And t- only 28% of people said they would want to live forever. Now, what was that? Donnie's phone? Donnie, tell your probation officer you'll call him later. Which reminds me, I'm going to call him, because this is about the time my mom calls me. Now, of all the people, some believed in afterlife, some believed there was no afterlife, but whether you believed in it or not, if there was an afterlife, would you want to live forever somewhere? And only 28% of the people said, yeah, they would like to live forever. And then the next question was, why wouldn't you want to live forever? You know what the answer was? From what I've heard in, from preachers, forever sounds boring. And so I want to address that today, that heaven is anything but boring. But before we get in, I want you to think about it. What do you know about heaven? And I have to admit, I, I think I said this before, I've never really studied heaven before. I've been in the ministry a long time, and I've talked about going to heaven, and I know we're going to live forever. I think we know more about hell, there's wailing and gnashing of teeth, than we do about heaven. And I have to admit, as the more, you know, I believe in heaven, I believe it's a wonderful place, but nobody's really in a hurry to go there. But once, we, once I began to study this, I'm realizing, wow, heaven is really, really a cool place. Read with me in Hebrews chapter 12, starting with verse 1. Therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand, at the throne of God. Now go to verse 22. But you have to Mount Zion, for you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God and the heavenly Jerusalem to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect. Now, Paul says here that we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witness. And I think maybe we talked about this last time. And what that means is, is take a, take a, if this room had a, had a balcony and everybody that went to heaven was looking down from that balcony at us right now. So the Bible says that we are surrounded by all of these who went to heaven before us. But when you read 22 and 23, 
it lays out something on top of that that I think a lot of us don't really understand. First, it says that this place in heaven is going to be one of the most amazing places that you and I have ever seen. You know, I think I've shared this before, but when Tiz and I were, were dating, uh, she was going to the university in, university in Flagstaff, Arizona, and she had in room a poster of a church service. And it had the preacher that was behind the pulpit, and he was real nerdy looking, and a big Adam's apple, and a real tight tie on, and real skinny, and and everybody in the congregation was all stone-faced, and it had Jesus sitting in the front row, and he's going. (laughs) And I think in a lot of ways, that's what people think that serving God is all about. There's a book that was written called The Journey of Desire by John Eldridge. And he says these words in this book. Nearly every Christian that I've ever spoken to has some idea that eternity, now listen to this, that eternity is a never-ending church service. That we have settled on the image of the never-ending sing-along in the sky. One hymn after another forever and ever and ever amen and at that thought our hearts sink forever and ever that's it that's the good news you know we live in a day and age that you can't hardly keep people in church for an hour i saw a sign one time that says you'll be out in 30 minutes we promise a a church sign you'll be out in 30 minutes we promise You know, we go a little bit longer than an hour, and there are a few times that I see people going like this. Sometimes they let me know, usually tis. Because it's hard to keep everybody's attention. But can you imagine if we're bored within an hour of going to church, heaven is forever and ever and ever and ever though we've been there 10,000 years we've only just begun you know have you ever thought you know as a pastor I probably notice this more than you do but whenever you're watching a movie it could be a western it could be anything and there's a preacher that comes on they always use a stereotype image of a preacher he's usually like that guy in the poster He's real nerdy. He's real skinny. He's got, oh, he's got a hooked nose and, 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 and just like just a, the, the biggest loser in town. That's the preacher. And they give that stereo image. Well, I think Satan's done a real good job of doing that same thing in painting the picture of what it would be like in heaven. You know, when I was a kid, I'd watch, we'd watch cartoons and it would show heaven and you'd be on a cloud and you'd be dressed uh, in, in a robe and you'd be playing a harp. Well, you know, forever and ever and ever, that's pretty boring. Revelations, God tells us that Satan is a slanderer of God's name, but he's also a slanderer of God's dwelling place forever. There's a man named Isaac Ismov who is a famous Christian, or excuse me, famous science fiction writer. And listen what he says. He says, I don't believe in the afterlife, so I don't have to spend my whole life, now listen to this, I don't have to spend my whole life fearing hell or fearing heaven even more. For whatever tortures are in hell, I think the boredom of heaven would be even worse. You know, I looked up when, when, when I was thinking about this that most people think that heaven will be boring. And so I looked up the studies in our society on boredom. And it's amazing. Boredom is probably the number one cause for divorce. Boredom is the number one cause for addictions. Boredom is the number one cause for crimes. And I I had a whole list and I said, man, it's too big. Boredom is a bad thing. So when we're talking about heaven and making heaven your home and, and, and you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior so you can make heaven your home, we need to understand that most people think 
heaven is going to be boring and we need to understand that heaven is the most exciting thing that we could ever even imagine now listen to this the definition of boredom now most people think that heaven is going to be boring the definition of boredom is the feeling of fatigue of depression of disinterest caused by a lack of challenging or meaningful work or stimulation boredom is the lack of stimulation the lack of a challenge the lack of something that's interesting and what we need to understand is that heaven is far more than sitting on a cloud playing a harp now we're going to look at this this week and next week and i think we need to look at and and have a a fresh look at how exciting it's going to be to be in heaven now when we read when we read uh the scripture that we read it talks about four different groups that will be with in heaven now we're going to get into this more next week but what you've got to understand is that when you and i cross into eternity there's going to be a new heaven there's going to be a new earth and you and i are going to have and i'm going to talk about this i think next week you and i are going to have glorified bodies now why is that important when we go to heaven we're not just some spirit that's floating around somewhere when we go to heaven i'm going to be me john will be john donnie will be don you'll be you when we go to heaven we will know each other we're not we're you understand we're not a we're not a, a smoke floating around we're people and you're going to see in the weeks to come heaven is not up there heaven's going to be here we're going to be walking the streets we're going to be talking we're going to be eating we're going to be working we're going to be doing things and and we need to understand that when we're in eternity we're going to be fully aware of everything that's around us now let's look at the four groups that we we see here in this scripture first off the bible says there'll be angels in heaven that we can't even number now what do you think of when you think of an angel you think of you know what 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 does society show what do you think see in pictures that are painted when you see an angel it's kind of a feminine guy you know he's kind of a little sissy looking guy and got wings and blonde hair and well let's look at now we're gonna so we'll be walking in a new jerusalem you know i've been to israel i've been to jerusalem i think 38 times so stay with me i know how to get around i know where the streets are and we're going to be walking around but as we're walking around there are going to be angels walking around with us that we can't even number now what are angels we're going to see them they're going to be real they're going to be beings right there well what are angels well the bible says number one angels are spiritual beings created by god to serve the bible says they are messengers of god an angel comes and brings messengers but it also says that you and i are to be aware of who we treat or how we treat strangers because sometimes we'll see somebody that looks like me or looks like john or looks like don well not donnie but it will look like somebody that looks like us and actually they're angels so we'll be walking along the street and all of a sudden we'll see somebody that we met in the grocery store or we met at the at, at the gas station and we're going to realize oh my gosh you're an angel we will see people we will see angels just like we see you and i the Bible says in Hebrews 1.14 that angels are ministering spirits to the heirs of the salvation. So all of a sudden we're going to be in heaven and we're going to meet the angels that God has assigned to take care of us. If God were to open our eyes right now, 
we would see that the number that are in this room is probably three, four, five times as many because right now there are angels in this room that are ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation. They go before us, they go behind us, they go with us, they're surrounding us, and we're going to meet angels and we're going to be able to talk to them and they're going to be able to say, you know, this is why your life was saved. You're about to have this accident and I stood in the way. Now for me, I think my angels are going to be all beat up and wings falling off because all the crazy stuff I did before I knew the Lord. But we're going to meet the angels that are here right now taking care of us and we'll be able to talk to them and share with them what they did in our life. The Bible says Jesus talks about our children having angels. And we're going to talk about this on the 21st, that when a child God forbid if a child were to go to heaven early that those angels are not only around our children, but those angels, they, they escort. The angels escort our children into the presence of God. Our children are never, ever alone. They're never one moment. From, the, from this life, when they're with mom and dad, to the next life, their angels are manifested. We're going to be able to meet these angels that take care of our children. Ezekiel says there are angels that don't look like people. They're flaming fire. We're walking down the streets of Jerusalem. We're headed to the Western Wall. There are angels walking around that are nothing but flames of fire. Doesn't sound boring to me. See the angel coming to him. Flames of fire. Isaiah tells us that there are seraphim who have six wings. You ever, you ever watch one of the movies where they're talking about outer space and things and all these different... You're walking down the street. You're felt, you're, Tiz and I are walking down the street. We're meeting John and Lacey for dinner at the Jerusalem Cafe. And here comes a, a seraphim or a cherubim that has six wings. Pretty amazing living amongst us. This is every day. This is not a vision. This is every day of our lives seeing these things. A cherubim is one who is so anointed because it, this angel glows with the presence of God because it covers God's holiness. It talks about angels that are so powerful. You, you, you read the story, I think it's in 2 Kings, where one angel, you know, we, we, you know the, the, we, it always tickles me. These angels, they're just like, I love you, Lord. One angel destroyed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. One angel. You can see angel walk. We're going to be hanging out with these guys. Tell us the story about the 185,000 Assyrian soldiers that were against the kingdom of God and you destroyed in one night. Tell us how that happened. We're going to see these kind of guys. We're going to be hanging with these kind of guys. Daniel talks about angels that are so anointed with the presence of God that people would see them and fall down to the ground. Not fake, not really fall out. We're going to be around these beings every moment of every day. They'll be part of our lives. Then the Bible says there are two other groups that we'll see in heaven. Those who are, who are New Testament saints and those who are Old Testament saints. Now, once again, either the devil does it or we don't understand, but we have this wrong picture of Christianity, of God, of heaven. You know, how many times have we seen pictures of Jesus? And he's blonde-haired, blue-eyed, and wearing a long white robe, and he just looks. I see, you know, and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with seeing that of Jesus. But I see Jesus braiding a whip. I see Jesus walking in the temple where 
They're stealing the offering. They're ripping God's people off. And I see him kicking over. My God is not a wimpy God. My God is not a sissy God. My God's not a, 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 a weak God. My God, Jesus was a man. This dude was bad. And then we see his angels. And we think we see that they're all, everything in heaven is always painted kind of like sissy. Right? That, but you know what? Listen, when I got saved, I can't say that. <laughs> I'm still a man. Amen. There's nothing sissy about God. There's nothing sissy about the kingdom of God. I may have got saved, but I'm still a man. I don't walk around going, I just love the Lord. I just love him. He's so, I, I love you, Lord. Now I'm a man. Come on, men, say amen. The Bible says we're stallions, right? You know the difference between a stallion and a gelding is? I have, I have horses, and all my horses are geldings. They snip something. They're still male horses. They're, they just don't remember why. But a stallion is... I've got, I race cattle. I've got a bull. This bull's a bull. This bull's a bull. He walks around knowing he's a bull. You know what I'm saying? Come on, man. You know what I'm saying. The devil has loved to make everything about Christianity something that's just boring and weak and sissy. There's nothing boring and weak about it. You know, you take, you take the story of Lazarus, and Lazarus is... Is is the, the, he's seen in the bosom of Abraham, right? What picture do you picture? You know, the bosom of Abraham, and you see Lazarus laying in Abraham's. I ain't laying in no guy's chest. I still call my bedroom the master bedroom. You heard about that, right? You can't call it husband. You can't call it wife anymore. You can't call it master bedroom anymore. I'm the husband. My wife is the wife. And we sleep in the master bedroom. That's a a strategy of the devil. To take the masculinity, to take the excitement, to take the adventure out of serving God in the bosom of Abraham. And so we see these paintings that here's, here's Lazarus laying on, on Abraham. Uh, it doesn't mean that. When you read in the Hebrew, it means when it says the bosom of Abraham, that means Abraham and Lazarus were standing in paradise. Lazarus wasn't laying on Abraham. Oh. That's written by men who don't want to marry women. It means, it literally means Abraham and Lazarus were together in paradise. Abraham was there. Father Abraham was there. Lazarus was there. And they're looking at the guy over in Hades. They're not laying on each other, hugging each other. They're in paradise together. Amen? This is a strategy of the enemy to make who, what man, hey, you need to give your life to Jesus Christ. Why? So you can lay in the bosom of Abraham. No, I don't think I'm going that way. It means in the presence of each other in the kingdom of God. So when you read it this way, you understand who we are. We're not sitting by ourselves up in some cloud, we're in the presence of of all of those who came before us, whether in the Old Testament or the New Testament. Think, listen what Jesus says in Matthew 8, 11. Many will come from the east and many will come from the west and sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. You know, I was talking with his kids and I said, 
Tiz, make a list of the famous people that you and I have met. And she made this long list, political people. I've met uh, President Trump. I've met uh, Benjamin Netanyahu. I've met the, the King of Jordan. I've met, I've met some pretty, pretty amazing people. Think about the people we know in the music business and the people that we know in Hollywood and the people we know in the kingdom of God. You know, we were one of the last people to have lunch and our dinner with Oral and Evelyn Roberts. And you think about the people we know. Well, think about this. This What the scripture says in Hebrews 22 and 23 is we're going to be with people all the way from the beginning, from Abraham, all the way till the end of time. We're going to be fellowshipping with these people. Now, I, th- this sounds silly, but I'm, I'm coming home. We're, we're in, our new, in our new mansion in Jerusalem. And I come home and I tell Tiz, Tiz, listen, tomorrow night, well, Moses is coming over. Abraham's coming over. Peter and John are coming over. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are going to let us know. <laughs> this is who we're going to, we're going to be walking down the street. Abe, Mo, <laughs> Peter, John, hey, let's... Meet, let's meet up at the cafe and get a cup of... We're going to be real people. We're going to be living a real life. Oh, come on. You don't, you're not even understanding it. Do you understand this? I'm going to be me. You're going to be you. We're going to be walking around the streets. We're going to be doing our job. We're going to be uh, uh, serving with the Lord, ruling and reigning with the Lord. And all of these people are going to be there. Can you imagine? Can you now? Think about this. Can you imagine sitting with some of these guys? We're surrounded by so great, great a cloud of witnesses. If you read in the, the chapter before Hebrews, in Ch- Hebrews 11, it talks about Abraham's going to be there. Noah's going to be there. David's going to be there. Daniel's going to be there. David. Hey, can I have another cup of coffee? David, tell me about Goliath. What was it like? Oh, man, Larry, you should have seen it. I come walking out. I see Goliath. I said, you know what? What's that, Lord? Give me five smooth stones. Because I wasn't even, I wasn't just going after David, you understand. I was going after his brothers, too. I threw that stone, and when I threw the stone, it went the wrong way, but the Holy Ghost grabbed it and smacked that giant. He fell. How big was he? Tell me. Can you imagine We're walking with Daniel, sitting with Daniel, you and I, walking with Daniel. Tell us about the lion's den. Tell us about what it felt like in there. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what was that? Oh, man, you should at first it was really hot. Then then all of a sudden we looked over, and there was the Lord. What did he look like? Oh, man, and did he say something to you? Every single person that we read about, Every single person in the Bible and those that aren't even in the Bible, those people we will be hanging out with in person, getting to know these people one by one. You know what? I'll get into this next week. You know, the Bible says right now we're looking through a glass darkly. But when we go to heaven... We won't know everything right away. We'll see things more clearly. I'm going to show you next week, but it'll be a place of unlimited learning. Unlimited learning. I want to have Daniel tell me about the lion's den. I want to have David tell me about Goliath. I want to have Noah tell me, how did you build an ark, a boat so big that every one of the animals in the world were able to fit in there two by two and six by six. Tell me about that. But I want to sit with Moses. Moses walked with God for 40 years and God explained him the secrets of the Torah. Moses, what does this mean? What does that mean? And the longer we're there, the more we'll know. You know, back in, in the turn of the century, there was a move by the government to shut down the U.S. Patent Service. 
because they said everything that's going to be invented has been. You know, just not electricity, telephone, airplane. Every time we think we know everything, what else comes about? I can remember not many years ago watching the commercials on television and it was a little girl, remember, it was with an elephant, and she said, you won't, be, be, you won't believe what we're about to show you. You'll have instant contact with everyone around the world. That was only 30 years ago. And we're going, what? And now all of a sudden, we have the internet, and we have unlimited access to knowledge that's out there. But can you imagine what's out there and out there and out there and out there? Who are we going to be ruling and reigning over if we're ruling and reigning with Christ? Folks, there's no limit to what we're going to learn, what we're going to see, what we're going to experience. It's unlimited what's going to happen. We can't even imagine it. Think about this. In Psalms 1611, David says these words. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Let me say that again. In your presence is the fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. C.S. Lewis said these words, We have desires, but the desires are never fulfilled in this life. I can come to only one conclusion. I am not made for this life, but for a life that is yet to come. Now think about, think about what that scripture says. I'm going to get a little cardinal here. Think about what that scripture says. It says, In God's presence is the fullness of joy. C.S. Lewis says we, we, we see something, we desire something, and we get it, but then we desire something else. You get something for Christmas, then you want something else. You get this car, then you want something else. It's good for a moment, but then there's got to be something else. But this world is limited in what will bring you joy. But in the presence of God there is the capability of unlimited joy. When this fills you up, there's something else. When this makes you happy, there's something else. On your right hand are the pleasures forever. Amen. Who made us? God made us. Think about this. God designed our taste buds. Right? Uh, we're going to all, all my family's going to meet for the Super Bowl and we're ordering a bowl of cauliflower and broccoli to eat during the Super Bowl. What are you getting for the Super Bowl? Pizza, wings, stuff that tastes good. Now this is one of the good things we're going to learn next week about a glorified body. We'll eat all the pizza we want. And none of the calories will stick. It's true. It's true. But the reason why pizzas sell, you know, I went to the doctor the other day and he was uh, uh, on Friday and I had my six month thing and he's looking at this and that. And he goes, you know, Larry, if you'll eat, if you lose 20 pounds, you're going to live for a long, long time. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm going to start losing that 20 pounds after the Super Bowl. Why, do, why does Popeye's chicken so popular? Why is McDonald's so popular? Why is pizza so popular? Because it tastes good. Uh, you don't see any, any drive-up broccoli stores. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. Why? Because God wants us. Now, some of us enjoy ourselves more than we should. But God gave us taste buds to enjoy. Right? He gave us taste buds to enjoy. He, he could have just made us 
where everything tastes the same. So all we would eat was spinach and greens and everything. But he gave us taste buds. Why? Because we're to have life and that life more abundant. But think about it, what he says. When we get to heaven, that's when we'll enter into the fullness of his joy. God gave us taste buds. God gave us eyes to see color. Not just to see black and white or not just to see so we don't run into things. He gave us eyes to see color. He gave us the need for adventure. He gave us the desire for excitement. He gave us the ability to feel adrenaline. He gave us our sex drives to enjoy a husband and a wife. He gave us our curiosity. God is the one that did all this. God is the one who wants us to taste life and to see life and experience life. God's the one who did this, not just to get by, but to enjoy life. Jesus said, I've come to give you life and that life more abundant. And when you know the Lord and you serve the Lord, God takes everything that is mundane and boring and he gives you another adventure and another adventure and another adventure and makes life from glory to glory better and better. But we won't even scratch the surface until we are in his fullness because in his fullness is where we experience unlimited joy and unlimited pleasure. Oh, I need a better amen to that. Unlimited joy. Oh, I like this. Oh, there's something more. I like this something more. There's something more that God will bring to our attention and our experience, and this will grow day by day forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. It'll never be mundane. It'll never be the same. It'll constantly be growing. When we're in the presence of all mighty God. Almighty God. He's the one who makes the sun rise. He's the one who makes the sun set. He's the one who causes the stars to shine. He's the one who, you know, Tiz and I were watching something the other day and we, we, uh, and we saw Niagara Falls. And Niagara Falls, I've never been there. I, I, I was watching. I said, man, we got to go there. It's just... And I said, how does that never run out? I've been on a mountaintop. I've been on mountaintops and seeing water gushing out of the top of the mountain. Where does that come from? How does he make that happen? When I said that, I thought of Job and Job was questioning God. And God says, if you're so powerful, Job, you feed the birds every day. If you're so great, Job, you cause the lions to eat. If you're so wonderful, make the trees blossom and the grass grow and the sun to rise. We are so limited in what we understand about almighty God. But someday we will be with him and we will experience a different sunrise, a different shining of the stars, a different understanding of the water and the flowers like we have never known before because it's not as good as this life is and Jesus has come to give us life and that life more abundant. If you're bored, you need to know Jesus. If you're, you know, one guy said the reason why people feel think that heaven is boring is because they met boring Christians. But you can't blame that on God. God is one continual adventure from glory to glory. I mean, you need to get excited about this life and experience the blessing of God and then realize what he has for us. We can't even imagine yet. I can remember... About two years ago, Tiz and I were up in Colorado, and we came into, into a little town there, and it was just at sunset. And we came out of a shop, and everybody, everybody on the street, cars were stopped and everything, and they're looking up at the sky. Wow. And we looked up, and the sky was a color that we've never seen before. What's the color of the Denver Broncos? 
orange and blue. We found out, somebody said, I said, wow. And they go, that's the Denver Broncos color. You've never seen a sky like that before. I've never seen it. I guess it's unique to Colorado. But it was an orange and a blue that was striking. We tried to take pictures of it, but the pictures wouldn't do it justice. And everybody, I mean, at the traffic light, everybody would stop. And they say, yeah, it only happens once in a while. It's the Broncos orange and blue. And everybody was out. Nobody's honking their horns. Everybody was out going, wow. And when I was looking at what heaven's going to be like, I thought, God is the one who put the wow in us. God's the one who wants us to go, wow. There's a commercial on television. It's my favorite commercial. It's about something that fixes children's teeth. Have you seen it? And the little girl, a little girl, she looks like she's about Aviva's age, 11 or something like that, and she's waking up. She's in her jammies, and her mom and, mom and dad give her. It's, they're, they're filming it, obviously, on their iPhone. Have you seen it? And they're giving her this, this thing to fix her teeth. And she opened it up, she goes, when she realizes what it is, and then she goes, <laughs> her teeth are going to be fixed. And I thought, that's the way it's going to be when we go to heaven. We'll go, <sighs> I wish I'd have told more. I wish I'd have told more people about this. You know, the Bible says we're wicked. As parents, grandparents, we're wicked in comparison to how good our Heavenly Father is. Now, I think I'm a pretty good dad. I think I'm a great, great grandfather. But compared to what he has prepared for those that love him, wow. When your kids or your grandkids go, How does that make you feel? It's God who put the wow in us. And it's God that every morning we wake up in heaven, we're going to have a new wow. Because it's beyond anything that we can imagine. What a mighty God we serve. You know, I was thinking when the Lord spoke to me about doing a series on heaven i've got to be honest with you i'm i'm more interested in let's teach on prosperity so we can get our bills paid let's let's teach on doing mitzvahs so we can feed the hungry let's teach on walking in the victory and the power of god let's let's teach on that so i really haven't been that interested I know we're going to heaven and that's the ultimate goal, but I really haven't been that interested, to be honest with you, in what it's going to be like. You know, I, and I still believe this, but I say all the time, we've got to feed these 50,000 meals every month in Africa because a hungry belly doesn't care about eternity. And that's, there's truth to that. But what we've got to understand is When we're telling somebody about eternity, we need to have it in our spirit and in our heart and in our anointing that this life is a vapor of smoke. And God wants to take care of that vapor of smoke. But someday we will all live, all of us will live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And when we see a sky, or when we, a few years ago, we were in Colorado, and Luke came and said, hey, there's going to be a uh, meteorite shower. And so we all laid on the porch, the kids all laid on the porch and looked in the pitch black sky, Just all, and, and I'm sitting back and I'm listening to Asher and Yehuda and Aviva and everything. 
wow, wow, wow. And I'm thinking, that's our father. And it is our father's good pleasure to give us the kingdom. But no matter what we, no matter how much wow we have, and God wants to bring the wow into your life. He wants to give you wow because when you go wow, it makes him so happy. But we can't even imagine those that have gone before us, the wows that they're seeing because this earth is pale compared to eternity. I want to close with this. I had a friend on staff back in Portland whose father died and was pronounced dead for quite a long time. I don't remember, but it's like an hour or two hours. And he came back. And he came, when he came back, and he said, I was in heaven. I saw heaven. And God spoke to me and he said, this is not your time. Go back. Your time will come. And he said, I've got to be honest with you. I didn't want to go back. And his family was there and they said, what did you see? He said, I can't describe it. But I remember one thing he told us. He said, the flowers were singing. We said, the flowers. He said, the trees, the grass, the flowers were singing. A music that is beyond anything we can imagine. I don't know about you, but if I was walking down the road and the flowers started singing, wow, it's going to be an amazing thing. Now, next week, we're going to talk about what will we be doing. Yeah, we're going to be walking the streets. We're going to be eating. We're going to be living. We're going to be fellowshipping. But we have a job. It's not like what you think. Oh, it's Monday. When you realize what heaven's going to be like, you go, oh, man, it's Monday. Because truly, our best really is yet to come. But, you know, the question is, if the Lord came right now, would you make heaven your home? We're all going to live forever somewhere. We're all going to live forever and ever and ever. We see that with Lazarus in paradise with Abraham. And we see them looking across a gulf at the rich ruler who didn't treat people correct. Both of them were going to live forever. We don't know what hell's going to be. It's, it's amazing how I think we, we try to keep people, we try to get people saved by teaching how bad hell will be. When in reality, when we teach how wonderful heaven will be, that's really the key. But the reality of it is, is that we're eternal creatures. We came from somewhere. We're going to go back to somewhere. Not with these same bodies. These, these bodies are just a shell. But when we live in eternity, we will have bodies. Glorious bodies. Glorified bodies. Every one of us is going to look like, every man here is going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. No. <laughs> Not really. But we're going to live forever. The question is, where will you live? I'd like every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, just for a moment. The Bible says, and we're really going to touch on this on the 21st. The Bible says it's appointed unto man wants to die and then the judgment every one of us every one of us is born and every one of us aside from the rapture will die but we won't really die we will live forever we're going to live where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth or we're going to live where the joy of God is unlimited. How simple is it when the Lord says, choose ye this day <laughs> whom serve? Okay, filling and gnashing of teeth slash 
unlimited joy. I'm going with the joy. And you know the amazing thing is? That price has been paid. When Jesus died on the cross, he said, it is finished. That price has been paid. As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, no one's looking around, including you who are watching around the world. How many here would say, Pastor Larry, I want to make sure that I go into everlasting life where there's joy. The simple, the simplest thing is receiving Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, no one's, no one's looking around. You're here right now and you'd say, Pastor Larry, I want to give my life or rededicate my life to the kingdom of God. Now I'm going to tell you something. He's going to take care of us here on earth. He's come to give us life and that life more abundant. But I want you to know also that there is a forever. So as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed and no one's looking around, you're here right now and you say, Pastor Larry, would you remember me in prayer? I want to give my life or rededicate my life to the kingdom of God. Slip your hand up all over the building and just hold it there for a moment. I see that hand, 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 that hand. I see that hand, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. I see that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, that hand, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. See that hand, God bless you. I see that hand, God bless you. Would you give these people that hand, God bless you? Give these people a great big clap offering. Let's let's stand all over the building. You know, I don't know why I want to emphasize this, but I always thought that Christianity was for weaklings. But I realize that standing up for God the way Jesus stood up for us is not for the weak, but it's for the strong. And normally we would have you come down and make a public confession. Make a public confession that Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Because the Bible says, if you confess me, in, in, before men in public, I will confess you be before my Father in heaven. There's no, there's no secret agents going into the kingdom of God. We need, and I've always said this, we need to be proud that we're Christians. But I want to say this, we need to be more proud and more bold right now in our history of our nation and the world than we ever have been before. I want to encourage you to stand up for the Lord. Be proud. Don't be rude, but be bold. When you're at work or school, pray over your meal. What are you doing? I'm praying. I'm asking the Lord to bless me because he is Jehovah Jireh, my provider. Be, be, be proud that you're a child of the living God. Be bold in standing up for the nation of Israel. Amen? Be bold that we stand on the word of God. God says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. His word does not change. We love everybody. We pray for everybody. We believe God to touch everybody. But we stand on the word of God. That's not hate. When I walked into church, I walked in a drug addict and a drug dealer. I walked out a child of God because somebody told me the truth and that truth set me free. We need to make sure that we are everywhere we go. We tell people the good news that Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And I think, you know, you think about that scripture, and, and when, we get, when we get through with the next few weeks of heaven, we're going to have Purim, the celebration of Purim. I think it's the 28th of February. From the time of Purim to the time of Passover, I'm going to show you God's appointed times. Every year at Purim, it's special. Every year, Passover is special. But when you look at Bible prophecy, this year, Purim, Passover, everything that God's doing, 
is multiplied. Because truly, before we make heaven our home, we're going to see what God does on earth, in your life, through your life. And we're going to go, wow. Because our best really is yet to come. Do you receive that? It's an exciting time. So let's pray this together. Say this out loud. Say, Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. I know I've sinned. We all But I know this. You love me so much. You sent Jesus Christ to pay the price in full for all our sin. Right now, I receive Jesus Christ as my Lord and my Savior. Now look at me. Next week, we're going to find out what will we be doing in heaven. The week after, the 21st, we're going to talk about will we see our loved ones in heaven? If you know somebody that's lost a loved one, especially a child, especially, and, I, and I shouldn't say especially, but there's such a false teaching about children dying before the age in the church. Listen, for a child to be, from anyone to be absent from the body is to be present from the Lord. But I'm going to show you some heartwarming things about God welcome us into the kingdom of God. Our best truly is yet to come. Amen.